This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the star and headliner of the preview show, and that is Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, it's not a midweek edition. We're back to Friday night. How are you? I'm very well, yes. It's, they're coming thick and fast, these uh, preview shows. I can barely keep up. They can. I feel like I speak to you more than I speak to Mr Bromley. It's, uh, we speak on a daily basis. It's, I love it. Um, we are recording this podcast on Wednesday night. We are fresh from just watching Burnley away at Wolves. A very respectable draw, albeit we do need to convert some of these to wins. But a good result in the end, I think. A good, dogged performance, young Dave. Uh, yes, we were up against it for quite a lot of the game. We had a couple of chances first half. Chris Wood had a, a couple of uh, goals, didn't really get the power on the shot uh, either time and uh, missed out there. A little bit of luck when uh, they had a chance hit the underside of the crossbar and came out. And then weathered the storm second half. We didn't didn't play that well, but we we were dogged, as you say. That, that's the uh, correct word. And in the end, I think it's probably uh, a good point. Yeah, Although I think so. we do need so. some wins. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the main thing is that we're just desperate for some wins at the moment. And we, I think one of the things that we always talk about is needing 10 wins by the end of the season. And I think if you can get those 10 wins, more sides, and I did the stats of this not so long ago, I stepped into the shoes of Dave Roberts at some point and tried to look at it. But I think there's been, I think there's only been one season, it was right back in the 90s when a team that had won 10 games in a season ended up going down. So I think it's, you know, it's a good barometer and we need to get those wins on the board. Um, we are still three points away from safety going into the game against Newcastle, which now looks critical. We have to win that game. There's, there's no... Six-pointer. Definite six-pointer. We have to win. It's no, there's no getting away from that. So let's just see. Let's see where we get to. Um, well, we... Um, also asked some of Team None and Ever to um, give us a few sound bites. There's a few of them at the game tonight, and just to give their immediate match reaction. So, um, take it away, team. So, good evening, Clarets. Uh, just back at my hotel after the Wolves game. It's a good one for me, this, because if any of you know this part of the country, I work in Market Drayton on a Thursday. Uh, uh, yeah, on a Thursday, so re- really good away trip for me to go to Wolves. 
really enjoyed tonight's game, actually. You know, it wasn't a classic at all, but I felt it was Burnley back to doing what Burnley do best. You know, I thought it was really good defensively. They had a couple of chances on the counter-attack, um, you know, which, especially the Traore one, was a little bit fortuitous. Um, you know, we gave it a real good goal tonight. I thought Taylor was absolutely immense. I've been a bit critical at times this season of Taylor, but he was absolutely unbelievable tonight. I thought Collins was outstanding. I think he, he he's going to be some player. I think a lot of a lot of Burnley fans know that, and I think it definitely softens the blow. If Tyke goes, I think special mention to Jack Cork. It's obviously not easy when you're not playing, especially against a, a Wolves side, are full of confidence. And he, and I thought he came into the team and and he did excellently. Corne struggled tonight. He seemed to get bullied a little bit. You know, he still played a great ball through to Goodmanson, who tried to take it around the keeper. I think that's you know Wood with Paw again. I think. I'm the one person on this known in ever podcast who probably doesn't rate Wood as much. It's a difficult one with Wood, isn't it? Because he gets goals, but when he plays like he has been doing this season, he literally offers nothing. He was dreadful tonight, and fair play to Dice for taking him off. The one critic, you know, criticism in it, and it just it is what it is, isn't it? At the moment, we just lack quality on the ball. We got in good positions in the final third tonight, and as Dice said, the detail wasn't there. Crossing was average. Set pieces weren't great tonight, which were normally a big threat off. Um, in isolation, it's a, it is a good point, it's a tough place to go, but we need to start getting wins soon. Saturday's game is absolutely huge, uh, but you know, the Claret support again was outstanding tonight. Uh, so, yeah, en- 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 enjoyable evening down at Molyneux, but huge game on Saturday. Hi, it's Tom here, just back in the car uh, after a freezing cold night at Molyneux. Nil-nil draw, there's a lot of positives to take from it, I think. We looked a lot more solid, um, some really outstanding defensive displays. Collins was brilliant again. thought Charlie Taylor was the best player on the pitch. Pope did everything you could ask of him. Uh, and yeah, generally speaking, we had that solid base to build from. Uh, just obviously the negatives, uh, we didn't look like we had a goal threat really. Apart from the second half, that superb three ball from Corne. Good Munson, I don't know, it's, I'll have to see it back. I don't really know what he was doing, to be honest. It's a, a big chance that's gone begging there for me. But in in on the balance of the game, probably a draw was the best we deserved. Wolves had a lot more of the ball. And in isolation, it's a good point. If you look at the table now, they're still sixth place Wolves. They're a good, they're a good team. They don't lose a lot at home. Obviously, the negatives, uh, it's another point, but it's not a win. It's another game without a win. We've won one this season. You can you can look at it two ways. One defeat in the last eight, but it's one win in the last eight. And for me, uh, time's ticking. You know, we, we can't keep drawing games and saying we're playing well and, and grinding out results. We need to be we need to be going on the front foot. We need to be turning draws into wins. And there's no time better to start that than Saturday. It's a uh, that for me now. It seems to have to be saying at the start of December, but that is a must win. If we don't put a big distance between ourselves and Newcastle come January, they're going to improve the squad, and they're going to kick on and, and you'd fancy them to finish above us. So for me, we need to we need to keep them down there. We need to stretch that gap from three to six points. We need to start looking up the table rather than down. Um, so yeah, in isolation, it's a it's a good night, a good performance, and a good point. In terms of the season, though, it doesn't really help us very much. So fingers crossed, onwards and upwards for Saturday. Okay, well, we don't want to leave it there, Dave, because we have another game, another game, another week to go. That's the beauty of football. There's always another game. So we're going to look forward now to this weekend's fixture. But before we do that, we have a quiz answer that we need to give. So before we um, looked at this, this game, Wolves Away, that preview show, we asked you the following question, and it is, 
Chris Wood scored a first-half hat-trick last season in Burnley's 4-0 away win at Wolves. But prior to that, who was the previous Burnley player to score a hat-trick in the first half of any away game? Dave, this was a stinker. What was the answer? Uh, yeah, well, once again, with Premier League matches and preview shows coming thick and fast, there wasn't very long uh, for you to get in touch with your guesses. But I can reveal that the correct answer to this hat-trick quiz question was from a match that took place at Wrexham. Uh, that was in October 1991, Burnley's 1991-92 4th Division title winning season, which we actually mentioned in the uh, in the previous preview show uh, when we were talking about uh, John Pender. Uh, and the hat-trick hero in the first half of that match was 18-year-old striker Graham Lancashire. He netted in the 3rd, 27th and 29th minutes Third one was a very nice uh, little dink chip to get his hat trick, um, and he was the correct answer we were looking for. Wow! And did we get any correct answers at all? Uh, well, it was a toughie, but we did receive one correct answer. That was from a quiz regular uh, Jan Getzelewski, um, who spookily he'd actually been in touch with us prior to um, that um, and submitted the six-two against Wrexham as the answer to the previous week's quiz question from our Spurs preview show. That was um, for the most recent game, which had six first-half goals. Now, there were six first-half goals in that match at Wrexham. Burnley led uh, 4-2 at half-time, but it was an incorrect answer, as it wasn't the most recent time it had happened, uh, if you recall from uh, when we gave the answer out. Mm. However, uh, Jan uh, realised, had another go, and resubmitted the same answer uh, for the question we set in our Wolves preview show, (laughs) and this time it was 100% correct. That was quite a hilarious exchange of emails as well, by the way. It was it was just we were just looking at it going, wait, what, 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 what's going on? It's like, wait, okay, you know what, you got there. We got we got there. So yeah, well done, Jan. Well done. Um well you're gonna be able to test your Claret's knowledge with another quiz question at the end of this episode. So don't go anywhere. Do stay tuned, listeners. Um but before we do that, it's time to actually get on with proper business and looking ahead at the next game. Premier League head to head. So Dave. Premier League fixture, Newcastle United away from home. Saturday the 4th of December, 3pm kickoff. not televised anywhere in the UK, which is perhaps unsurprising given the game. Um, But why don't you kick us off with the history of this fixture by looking at previous Premier League meetings. Yeah, we're going back to those previous Premier League meetings against Newcastle United at St James's Park. And uh, Burnley have yet to win in five previous attempts. There have been three draws and two defeats in our most recent top flight visits there since 2009. Uh, You have to actually go back until April 1976 for Burnley's last top flight away win at Newcastle, which came thanks to a goal from Peter Noble in a 1-0 win. Uh, Just before we were promoted to the Premier League in 2009, when we were all down there at uh, Wembley for that game, uh, Newcastle United actually passed us on the way down. I think it was the... Um, we played on the Monday and it was the Sunday when the Premier League matches were on. Uh, Newcastle United were relegated. Uh, so it wasn't until the 2014-15 season that our paths met in the Premier League. Uh, in that season, the match in the North East was on New Year's Day 2015 and ended with an entertaining 3-3 draw. Uh, a little bit more about that later. Um, then there was a 1-1 draw when the two teams met at St James's Park in January 2018. Uh, Nick Pope also saved uh, Jocelyn's spot kick in that match. 
Um, and then following that, there was a disappointing 2-0 defeat. That was in February 2019, uh, which was followed by a goalless draw on Leap Day, 29th of February 2020. And although no one realised it at the time, this was the last away trip Burnley fans would make until the start of this season. That was due to the fact that matches were played behind closed doors during the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the corresponding fixture from last season was another match which took place behind closed doors, although Ashley Westwood equal, equalised uh, Alan St. Maximan's first half goal. Two further second half goals from Callum Wilson, including a penalty, ensured the home side won 3 1. However, we have visited St. James's Park once already this season. Uh, that was for the Carabao Cup. Although it finished 0-0 after 90 minutes, the tie went straight to penalties and Burnley made it through thanks to the heroics in goal of Wayne Hennessy, who was making his debut for us. Indeed. Not a classic match, if I remember rightly. And uh, I'm definitely hoping no. that this weekend's fixture is better. Memory match! Um, memory match then, Dave. What have you selected for this one? Uh, well, with no Premier League wins at St James's Park and a gap of over 45 years since our last win there, uh, to clarify, the result in the Carabao Cup is still classified as a draw in the record books, even though Burnley progressed on penalties. Uh, so we're going to look in more detail at that entertaining 3-3 draw from 2015. Um, as we've already mentioned, the match took place on New Year's Day, which was a Thursday, and 3,200 Clarets fans made the trip. Uh, with Alan Pardew in talks to take over at Crystal Palace, John Carver was in temporary charge of the home team for this match. Alongside him in the dugout were Peter Beardsley and also Steve Stone, who, as we know, was promoted to be Sean Dyche's first-team coach at the start of this season, taking over from Tony Lachlan. Um, after going behind to a Stephen Taylor header after just 15 minutes, Burnley also lost captain Jason Shackle to injury shortly afterwards. Uh, this meant that Kevin Long came on to make his first Premier League appearance. Uh, shortly afterwards, Burnley drew level. That was thanks to a bizarre Paul Dummett own goal as his backwards header looped over Jack Anik in into the net. Uh, seven minutes later, the home side regained the lead through Jack Colback, uh, but before half-time, Burnley were forced to make further changes, uh, with Dean Marnie, who was suffering a bout of illness, as well as substitute yeah. Kevin Long, who had an ACL injury. So it was a little bit um, dicey in that first half, um, and it seemed unlikely that the makeshift Burnley team, having made the four substitutions during the first half, would get back into the game, but we did. Uh, Danny Ings netted another equaliser after 66 minutes with a well-taken flick header, uh, but Musa Sissoko made it 3-2 to the Magpies after 78 minutes. However, there was still time for a third equaliser, which came from the boot of George Boyd in the 86th minute. One iconic image and memory from that match was George Boyd's goal celebration. He was lifted into the air by teammate Kieran Trippier before stretching out his arms in an apparent homage to the famous Angel of the North sculpture. Was that the intention? I'm not 100% certain, but I like to think that it was. Yeah, me too. I like to think it was. On this day! Um... What about on this day then? What's happened on uh, this weekend in previous years? 
Yeah, well, we're going back to matches that Burnley have played previously on the fourth uh, on the fourth of December, and we have won six of our previous sixteen matches on this date. Um, our first match on this date was an away game at Manchester City, although in those days they played at a ground called Hyde Road. Uh, that was their home from eighteen eighty seven, when they were still known as Ardwick FC before the club moved to Main Road in nineteen twenty three. However, rather like modern times, Burnley came off worst with a four nil defeat. Uh, during our record-breaking 30-match unbeaten run in the league in 1920-21, we had to settle for a goalless draw against Liverpool at Anfield on the 4th of December 1920, although this still left us at the top of the table. Uh, so our first win on this date came at the third attempt with a 1-0 home win. Uh, that was against Sheffield Wednesday in 1926, thanks to a goal from Louis Page. Uh, this was followed by two 1-1 draws either side of World War II, at home to Bradford Park Avenue in 1937, and then away at Liverpool again in 1948. Uh, there was just one match in the 1950s. That was a 1-0 away win at Huddersfield Town in 1954, with Bill Holden scoring a late winner in the 88th minute. And we were unbeaten in two games in the 1960s. Uh, firstly, a 1-1 home draw against Spurs in 1965 and a 2-1 away win after extra time at third division Swindon Town. That was in the second leg uh, yeah, the second leg of the League Cup semi-final in 1968. This left the tie 3-3 on aggregate and with no penalties, a replay would be needed a couple of weeks later. Spoiler, Burnley lost in extra time. Uh, two more two more draws left us undefeated in the 1970s as well. They were both second division matches. Uh, first of all, 1-1 away at Millwall in 1971, and then a goalless draw at Cardiff City in 1976. And our second defeat came at, uh, at Chelsea. Uh, that was by a 2-1 scoreline in 1982, although we followed that up with three straight wins in the 1990s. Uh, first of all, there was a 4-1 home win over nine-man Rochdale in the FA Cup in 1993, uh, a 2-1 win at Chester, also in the FA Cup in 1994, and then a 1-0 home win over Wickham Wanderers at Turf Moor in 1999. Andy Payton, who else, scored the winner in that one. So that just leaves two more matches. There was a 1-0 defeat at Plymouth Argyle in 2004, um, and then a 1-1 draw at Leicester City in 2007, meaning this week's fixture will be our first match on the 4th of December for 14 years. So to summarise, our overall record for 1st of December is played 16, won 6, drawn 7 and lost 3, with 17 goals for and 15 against. Good stuff. Club Connection! Well, we're going to move on to our Club Connection section now, which is what we've been looking at in the first half of this season. The Club Connection section brings you a look at the players who've spent time at both clubs and remembers one player in particular. Um, depending on what you felt like this week, Dave, how did we decide on the player for this week? Right, well, we posted a list of 12 players who have represented both Burnley and Newcastle United since World War II, and we asked for nominations to help us choose. Uh, there's not that many players this time, so I'm going to read out all the names. Uh, the full list of 12 players is Jeff Nulty, Peter Noble, Tommy Cassidy, Peter Haddock, Chris Waddle, Paul Robinson, that's the lone striker, not the goalkeeper, uh, Paul Gascoigne, Stephen Caldwell, Andrew Cole, David Edgar, Joey Barton and Jeff Hendrick. So who do you think was the most popular nomination? Um, definitely not Jeff Hendrick and definitely not 
Joy Bartin? No, Joy is quite definitely not Chris. I don't know. That's a tough. I guess it depends on the demographic of our listeners who chose them. Some of our younger generation will probably pick somebody like Joy Barton or maybe Gaza, um, but the older generation would be more inclined to go with some of the older players. Shall I put uh, you out of your misery? Yes, please do. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, it was the one out of the twelve I mentioned who made the most appearances for Burnley, over three hundred, in fact, Ooh. who received the most nominations which means the player we're going to focus on today is the late, great Peter Noble. Of course. Uh, born in Sunderland in 1944, Peter Noble started out at non-league concert in Durham, combining football with an off-field career of painting and decorating. Uh, after being scouted and then signed by Newcastle United, his time there was relatively low-key. He made just 25 league appearances between 1966 and 1968 before a move to Swindon Town for £10,000 in 1968. Um, A successful spell of five seasons at Swindon Town in a mostly attacking role, including a League Cup win in 1968-69, which we mentioned earlier, uh, in which they knocked out Burnley in the semi-finals. Uh, That ended when he was brought to Turf Moor in 1973 for a fee of £35,000. Despite his previous goal-scoring exploits, as I say, he tended to play in attacking roles for uh, Swindon, he started off at Burnley playing as right-back during the 1973-74 season. However, after Martin Dobson had been sold to Everton, he started to play in midfield. He remained at Burnley for most of the rest of the 1970s, and despite our relegation in 1976 to the second division, he later took over as captain. He remains one of just 10 players to captain Burnley in over 150 matches. Um, He'd also established himself as a club's penalty taker and was Mr Reliable from the spot, never failing to convert a penalty during his time at Burnley. He took and scored 21 spot kicks, which is a very impressive record. Um, He left Turf Moor in late 1979 to join Stan Turnant, he was manager of Blackpool at the time, uh, for a fee of £25,000. And following his retirement from football, he continued to live in the Burnley area and had a well-known sports shop in Burnley's indoor market for over 20 years. Peter Noble's death at the age of, nine, uh, at the age of 72, after several years of living with dementia, was announced on the evening of 6th of May 2017. That was following Burnley's home match against West Bromwich Albion. That was also the occasion of the No Near Never live event at Turf Moor, which those of us who were there heard the sad news during that evening. Yeah, very sad news. Um, Well, that brings us to the end of the first half of the show and covering off the history of this particular fixture. So it's time to return to the present for the second half, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, a protracted takeover saga eventually came to a conclusion in October when the Premier League eventually approved the transfer of ownership from Mike Ashley to a new consortium, with the controversial Saudi Public Investment Fund providing 80% of the investment. After being allowed to take charge of one more match, his 1,000th in league football, Steve Bruce was then shown the door, and the new owners wasted no time bringing in 44-year-old former Burnley and Bournemouth manager Eddie Howe as his replacement. Their torrid start to the season has continued, though, and they've now failed to win any of their 14 Premier League matches to date, drawing seven and losing seven. Uh, rather like Burnley, prior to our takeover at the end of last year, there was limited activity in the transfer market prior to the sale going through. 
Their only summer signing was 21-year-old central midfielder Joe Willock, who arrived in a £26.5 million move from Arsenal. Uh, One suspects that the new owners may try to spend big to enable a wave of incoming transfers to St James's Park during the forthcoming January transfer window. Uh, Steve Bruce tended to chop and change formations between having three or four at the back, and this has continued since Eddie Howe's appointment, as they played once with a 3-4-3 and twice with a 4-4-2 formation in the three matches he's been in charge of to date. Uh, For their 1-1 draw at home to Norwich on Tuesday, they started with a 4-4-2 formation. Uh, They had Dubravka in goal, a back four which consisted of Clark and Shah in the middle, and Lewis uh, and uh, Mankilo as full-backs. In midfield, Willock and Shelby played in the middle, with St Maximan and Fraser on the wings, and Wilson and Joe Linton were the two strikers. Of course, they had to adapt to play with 10 following the first-half red card shown to Kieran Clark. Uh, Saturday's hosts have had more issues with suspensions than injuries recently. After missing Matt Ritchie and Jamal Lascelles due to suspension in midweek, they are both due to be available again on Saturday. Although, as mentioned already, Kieran Clark will miss out after his red card. In terms of this season's FPL points, it's Newcastle's attacking players who lead the way. Alan St Maximan tops the list with 59 points, ahead of Callum Wilson with 44 and Joe Linton with 29. Uh, However, Newcastle's dodgy defence has been one of their key weaknesses, although based on the previous track record, you have to wonder if Eddie Howe is the right man to fix that going forward. Uh, Callum Wilson, by the way, is their top scorer in the Premier League with five goals. Well, I think I can answer that question quite easily and Eddie Howe is not the answer to any problems, quite frankly. I think it's, it's a bit difficult to say this because... People who follow follow me for a while know that I'm still bitter about Eddie Howe and I haven't quite forgiven him. But even taking away my individual bias from that, um, if you are a team that needs to bolster its defence and get their sleeves rolled up for a relegation battle, Eddie Howe is not the name that springs to mind. Um, so I would very much like if we won on, on Saturday. That would be uh, that would be very lovely. Um, well, we you know you've listened to what we think about our visitors, but we do like to give you a bit of balance on the preview show. That we do that by getting an opposition view. And this week we are joined by Talk of the Tune, who gave us their their opinion shall we say their thoughts ahead of the fixture opposition view hi guys uh, thanks for having us back on and um, hodgie from uh, talk of the tune podcast here newcastle united's most finest podcast there is um great game coming up i think um this saturday it's gonna be a tight one uh newcastle obviously bouncing back a little bit under under how uh, it's been incredible to see the complete difference to what we've had compared to uh, Steve Bruce players are pressing the ball. We're looking to keep the ball possession-wise, even kind of headers away that are going to be clearances. People are looking first before they're even heading it, so they're trying to put it in direction of one of our players or into space, whereas it was kind of pure panic under under he who shall not be named. Uh, looking forward to to the game. It's going to be a very tough one for for Newcastle, um, Burnley is always a very uh, competitive fixture, but it's at our home turf and it is really electric uh, in the stadium at the minute. So, I think for for the game, I'm gonna have to say sorry, sorry guys, two uh, 0 to to Newcastle. I'm not sure who's gonna be the goal scorer. I'll probably put money on Callum Wilson. Uh, ASM hasn't really been firing. He's probably the one for you to target if you can get him kind of bullied out of the game. I suppose then then this, it's kind of a bit there for the taking because 
he hasn't been on fire and his confidence is a little bit low at the minute so that's that's going to be a target you've asked us to comment on the new owners i think i'm going to decline <laughs> it's a bit eggshelly uh you can't you can't hold Newcastle or any other Premier League or any other football club accountable for what uh, a, a kind of country stands for in terms of human rights, etc. So I'm going to kind of glance over it and say we're not uh, a moral compass for for the EFL or Premier League. So neither neither should anyone else. If this happened to any other club, they'd obviously still have the same problems and people looking at them, being like, "What's going on? Or are you sure you want this to happen?" But the money's there. Newcastle needs investment. Uh, if it's going to go any further, and the city, the city's great for it, uh, and it's ready for it, it's it's had a taste of it back in back in the early two thousands and late nineties with uh, the entertainers and stuff, and it, the whole vibe off the city was was great back then, um, and it, it needs to continue, and for the Premier League to become more uh, competitive, then that's gonna have, that's gonna be the way it's gonna go. Um, it's been interesting. Loads of people have been asking me about it, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's one to look out for. Even if we get relegated, I still feel quite confident of coming straight back up and and and, and challenging in the future. I don't think it's going to be an instant success, but it's 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 something definitely to look forward to. Um, so, but going back to the game, unfortunately, I think it's going to be two 0 for Newcastle this this time round. Um, and best luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we we'll both avoid the relegation. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Dave, let's carry on. Um, some more stats ahead of the game. Who's the referee? Uh, the referee on Saturday will be 40-year-old Paul Tierney from Wigan. He took charge of a Burnley game, uh, his first Burnley game, in January 2013. That was our FA Cup third-round tie at Barnsley. That match saw the only red card he's shown in 14 Burnley games to date, when he sent off Brian Stock, who picked up two yellow cards during the first half. Although there was some controversy, as it did appear the first yellow card was a case of mistaken identity. Um, Burnley lost that game 1-0. Sean Dyche was far from happy with the decision and the red card. Uh, However, we do have quite a good record in the 10 previous Premier League matches, which Paul Tierney has taken charge of. We've won four, we've drawn three, and we've lost three. Uh, He was in the middle for two of our matches last season, but both of those were at Turf Moor. He was the referee when we drew 1-1 with Sheffield United. Uh, That was in the Carabao Cup before we progressed on penalties. And he returned in January for our 3-2 comeback win against Aston Villa. And although we didn't know it at the time, we'd have to wait another nine months for our next league win at Turf Moor against Brentford at the end of October. Uh, Finally, for this section, despite no longer taking to the pitch, Lee Mason, who is now a dedicated video assistant referee, will be paying attention to the screens at Stockley Park. At least we hope he will. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. That would be nice. It would be very nice if we actually had some VAR reviews this season. Never mind the ones that go in our favour. That would be nice. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, Yeah, well, for a change, this week's Stat of the Week relates to our opponents, not to uh, Burnley. Uh, Newcastle are just one of four teams uh, which has failed to win any of their first 14 matches of a Premier League season. Uh, The other three were all relegated and also finished rock bottom of the table. Uh, They were Swindon Town in 1993-94. They finished 13 points from safety. Uh, QPR in 2012-13. They finished 14 points from safety. And then more recently, uh, last season, Sheffield United in 2020-21 
finished 16 points from safety. However, none of those other three teams had the financial backing of a state-owned public investment fund with assets of £450 billion, and as a result, were only able to invest modestly in the January transfer window. So we'll have to see what impact it has when uh, when it comes to January and what Newcastle are going to do. Yeah, although did you see Dyche's comments after the Wolves game about January asking whether or not we were going to bolster the squad in January and he straight away shot it down and just said, oh, you know, the, the, the main transfer window is hard enough. January is going to be impossible. I'm just like, well, we're going to have to do something because we need some quality in that side and in, in quite a tired side. And also Kone is going to be gone for the... what? Potentially eight weeks, so that that made me feel a little bit, a little bit sad. But like, yeah, let's see. I think it's a it's an interesting one with Newcastle, Dave, and the investment they're expected to make. And I think a lot of this is down. I think we should be, sorry, I think we should be buoyed by the fact that the managerial the, the appointment made wasn't that spectacular. I know not a lot of Newcastle fans were very much like, oh, that's you know. So it may very well be that they just try and survive this season and they don't splash the cash just yet. So uh, that's going to be one to keep an eye out, is that one. Um, so how are you feeling, uh, aside from the fact that we've already established that this is an absolute must-win game at the weekend? Dave, how are you feeling, generally speaking? We looked a bit leggy tonight, um, I thought, so I feel like we just need to um, get a bit more energy in our boots and up the tempo a bit. Would you agree? Um, I think we missed Ashley Westwood in midfield. I think uh, his his passing we, we missed. Uh, we I'm not sure we missed Tarky quite as much. I thought Nathan Collins played really well, stepped in, and every time he has so far, he's, he's looked uh, really good. Um, don't have any uh, issues in that regard. But I think you'd expect probably uh, both Tarky and Westy to come straight back in for uh, for Saturday. Yeah. Um, but I before obviously I watched tonight's game. I also watched the um, Newcastle against Norwich match on Tuesday evening and to be honest I don't think there's anything to fear I know it's it's, it's difficult isn't it sides go down to 10 men and the game changes on on that and it's a different type of game when you're playing with 10 yeah um, but I think it's one of those games where perhaps unlike tonight we can take the game a little bit more to Newcastle than we did to uh, to Wolves there's going to be nerves there I think with the crowd, they could start to get on the backs of the team a little bit. If there's, uh, if Burnley, you know, keep it to nil nil or or take an early lead in the first half, that always helps. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, no, nothing to fear. I think we need to go and, and play positively, take the game to them, and we can get a, a good result on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Are you going to be as bold as to give me a score prediction, please? I'm going to go for a win, and I'm going to go for 2-1. Ooh, no clean sheets. You think that they're scoring enough to not keep a clean sheet? We'll see. I'd, I'd, I'd love a clean sheet. We obviously, I'd love a clean sheet where we can actually score a goal. They're the, they're the best <laughs> types of clean sheet, aren't they? Yeah, they're the good ones. Uh, who are you getting down on the score sheet, then? Um, I thought he was very quiet today. I thought that maybe he was marshalled pr- pretty well, but um, Maxwell Corney to come back and uh, and get a goal, and then maybe one from left field, maybe um, Ashley Westwood to score the second one. Oh, that's very good. Well, I'm going to say it's going to be a rout. I'm going to say we're going to win three 0 I'm going to say Corney Wood and then me header. Um, <laughs> of course, you are. 
course I am. <laughs> Listeners, like a broken clock. Listeners, what's your score predictions, please, for Saturday's game? You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page. Or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net. We want score prediction, scorer, and manner of goal, please. That would be very nice. Do you want an injury update as well? Oh, have we got an injury update? I was just—I was about to, to disappear onto Fantasy Premier League. Then, Dave, that was well timed. Give us a well, give us an injury update. Well, we are doing this early, so we uh, the, well we we don't think there were any um, injuries. We don't think Chris Woods coming off was a uh, an injury. He, he didn't seem too happy when he came off the the pitch. I don't think that was injury related. Um, so I think probably we'd be as we are. Um, the ones we know about, Ashley Barnes is out for a while. He's got a, a tear on his thigh. That's going to uh, leave him out for a couple of weeks. And we mentioned already about suspensions. Um, James Tarkovsky and Ashley Westwood will be available again. They serve their one-match suspension. So they, at the moment, are the only injuries that we uh, know about. We've actually got a, a fairly um, full squad to, to choose from. Other than, I suppose the only other thing to mention was that um, uh, Phil Bardsley uh, missed out, didn't he? He wasn't on the bench yes. for, uh, uh, for for today. So we, we ended up with uh, two goalkeepers on the bench, didn't we? And Con- Connor Roberts came in uh, as well. Um, so that, that that kind of is a, a little bit of a worry. But we'll, we'll I guess we'll find out more when they do the, uh, the pre-match press conference, which I guess will be uh, sometime on Thursday afternoon, which we, we don't know yet. Good stuff. I love it. Fantasy Premier League update. Right, let's actually move on now, rather than me jumping ahead of myself. And let's look to FPL, please. The much-loved, none and ever Fantasy Premier League. We are recording this episode whilst Game Week 14 is still in progress. So we can't quite give you a final update then. But we do have a backtracking exercise for you because we've yet to give you an update following the completion of game week 13, which happened at the weekend. Um, Dave, can we go back in time a little bit, get in the the DeLorean and perhaps give our listeners a bit of a snapshot of what happened game week 13? Uh, Yes, only because I remember to take a snapshot because if you go onto the Premier League site, uh, the um, FPL site after the game week started, it's very difficult to go back and get sort of retrospective league tables and things like that. So fortunately, I remembered and took a snapshot. Uh, So we're going to give you a a top 10 rundown this time for the No Near Never Fantasy Premier League table following the completion of last weekend's games. Uh, Those 10 are in 10th place. We've got uh, Sean Retty. We've got David Pounder in ninth and Jaden Fitton in eighth. They were all climbers. Uh, Tall Paul is down in seventh place. Uh, and a climber to sixth, uh, Jacob Sapwell. We've got Deck Clark, who's down to fifth. Uh, Brody Robinson is up to fourth position. Uh, Luke Lambert is down to third. Uh, Jack Toner's a climber to second and leading the way on 917 points, getting close to that magic thousand, although he's only seven points ahead of Jack Toner in second, is Joe Elliott, who's a non-mover at the top. Excellent. And would you like a November update as well? Yes, please. I was going to say, we we should surely be crowning a manager of the month, shouldn't we? Or are we... Is that the end of game week 14? I'm assuming that the this midweek game, because it started in November, they'll all be counted in November as well. And obviously there's a lot of ah, December okay. games, aren't there? Yes. So uh, we'll find out that that's for certain. Uh, but as it stands at the moment, Brody Robinson, who we mentioned, is in fourth position in our overall league, uh, still leads the way in the race to be November's manager of the month. 
uh, with a 14-point lead over Chris Horner in second. Uh, Jacob Sapwell and Dermot Kinlin-Martin are in joint third in the race to be our next manager of the month. Um, and they're just three points further adrift, so still all to play for uh, with the midweek games. Uh, and we will confirm who topped the table for the November in our next FPL update. Good stuff. Um, team of the... No, actually, how are we doing? How are we... Uh, well, there were no changes in the place in our podcasters' mini-league, so shall we move on and do the uh, Game Week 13 ah, yes. team of the week? Sorry, you did just say that. I'm getting myself all confused. I'm losing play. This is what happens when we have to go in the DeLorean. I get a little bit all over the place. Um, team of the week, then, I think we need to know. We need to know which players we needed to go for to maximise our points. I think that's where we need to head next. Uh, yes, these 11 players were the ones you should have gone with at the weekend, although to do that, you would also have needed to have had a crystal ball to know that the Burnley against Spurs match will be postponed. Um, I wonder how many of our managers were affected by having missing players from Sunday's match. Um, anyway, the team of the week was in a 4-2 four, four, form, uh, formation. We had uh, Saar of Wolves in goal. Uh, Back four consisted of two Liverpool defenders and two Arsenal defenders. Uh, We had uh, Van Dijk and Robertson from Liverpool and uh, Tommy Yasu and Tavares from Arsenal. Uh, The midfield four were Madison of Leicester, uh, Jota of Liverpool, uh, Gundogan of Manchester City and uh, John McGinn of Aston Villa. And the front pair were uh, Jamie Vardy of Leicester and Dennis of Watford. And the top scorer out of all of them, I think, was um, 16. That was uh, Madison of Leicester with the, the highest score of the week. Good stuff. Well, next time we should be able to bring you a combined update for Game Weeks 14 and 15, which we'll both have completed by then, as well as news as to who got the known and ever sticker very good sticker for being November's manager of the month so stay tuned join us after the break Statman Dave's quiz question okay Dave we need to finish off by giving our listeners another quiz question my goodness are we testing our listeners brains and they've not got very long again to submit an answer so what have you set them this week I believe you had a bit of a struggle this week well, yeah, it's testing me, all these quiz questions, coming thick and fast. So um, I, I was struggling to think of a Newcastle United-related question this week. Uh, so instead, I dipped into the Burnley Stats Match database to think of another question I could leave you with, and this is it. Uh, so far, only four Burnley players have failed to convert penalties, at one each, in competitive matches since Sean Dyche became manager. But can you name all four players? And, just for fun, can you also tell us uh, how many consecutive penalties Burnley has scored in all competitions since the last time we missed one? Right, well, I definitely know one of those players because one of those penalty misses was quite a key moment in that particular season, if I remember rightly. Um, the, The outcome very much changed the global outcome for two clubs in quite spectacular fashion perhaps one of the most spectacular fashions of the uh, 21st century but we'll, we'll see how that goes um i can't think of the other three so i'll have a think about that um i will submit my answers straight after this recording dave but our listeners can't do that so how do they submit theirs please uh, you can get in touch with us to let us know the answer using any of these methods uh, you can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on twitter 
That's at no nay never. You can email the dedicated email address we've got at preview show at no nay never.net. Or you can also reply to the post this preview show on the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Excellent. Um, and we will let you know what the correct answer is at the start of the next episode. Um, so before we let them go, Dave, community news, do we have anything to report? Uh, there's no new community news to report this week, so I think I'll just leave you with a reminder of our remaining fixtures until the end of the year, as we still have five more matches to play during December after we play Newcastle this weekend. Uh, those games are, uh, we play West Ham United, that's on a Sunday, that's a, a home game, it's not a televised uh, match, uh, that's because of uh, their mm -hmm. uh, European involvement. That's a two o'clock kickoff on Sunday, the 12th of December. Uh, we've then got another midweek match, so there'll be uh, more preview shows coming thick and fast during uh, December. That's uh, at home to Watford on Wednesday, the 15th of December. That's a, a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, we've then got uh, Aston Villa away. That's on the following Saturday. Uh, the 18th, a 3 o'clock kickoff, And then on Boxing Day, we are at home to Everton. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff on the 26th. And then finally, for December, we are another televised game. We are on Amazon Prime again. I think they've got the full round of matches again at the uh, end of December. Um, and that match at Man United at Old Trafford takes place with a, an 8.15 kickoff. On Saturday, no, it's not, it's not Saturday. Uh, it's on the thirtieth of um, uh, of December. So we uh, we've got those five remaining games. That's a midweek match. Uh, we've got five more games after Newcastle coming thick and fast. So we need to get some points in those games before the end of the year. Yeah, we definitely do. Oh, we're starting to run out of games, and it's concerning me greatly. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. I've got to stop looking at fixtures, and I can't be working out points already. I'll drive myself mad. Um, well, that's all we've got time for, listeners. We need to draw this to a close. Um, my thanks as ever go to everybody who contributed to making the preview show happen. To talk of the tune for their opposition view. Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt for editing all of this and getting it out there, and of course to Dave Statman Roberts who puts in all of the hard work to get this show together and quite frankly I just turn up and post it, so it's all thanks to Dave. Um, last but no means least, you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode, your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. The rest of the team will be back on Tuesday with the analysis show looking at what happened away at Newcastle at the weekend, hopefully talking about three very much-needed points on the board. And Dave and I will be back next Friday night looking ahead to that West Ham game. Stay safe in the meantime. Um, I hope you are all keeping well. If you want to get in touch, you know how. Um, and we'd always be happy to interact with you. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.